Podcast City Network. Listening to the Rip Griffin Show. Make sure to subscribe to the show on all the major podcast platforms. Here's your host, Rip Griffin. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Rip Griffin Show. Tonight we got ourselves a little baseball roundtable. We got some podcast hosts that will be joining the show tonight, talking baseball, everything else that we got going on. Because right now there is no baseball. It's a lockout. There's nothing going on. No news. Nothing. Free agency is at a freeze. So, but on tap tonight, we're going to be talking uh, with John Hunter and Danny Hart for the Frozen Rope Podcast. Guys, how you doing tonight? Awesome. And you guys got another podcast as well, the Diamond Club Podcast, right? That's correct. Yeah, man. Awesome, man. And then also joining us yes, sir. is uh, Mason yep. Hall from the Loaded Bases Podcast. How's it How's, going, man? Dude, I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good, guys. This is going to be fun tonight because... Uh, we kind of been talking a little bit behind the scenes and whatnot on uh, on Twitter, whatnot, kind of getting more people into the game of baseball and kind of talking different things, different strategies, whatever it is. So this is good to kind of get on tonight and talk a little bit baseball live. And hopefully everybody's watching at home on YouTube to kind of send in some comments and kind of get some questions going. Let us know what uh, or your thoughts are on this offseason. So. But uh, let's kind of talk about you, you guys' podcast for a second. So I'll start with because uh, John and Danny, you guys are a part of the same podcast. How long have you guys been doing that? Uh, well, I've been doing the Frozen Rope for about a year now, a um, little over a year. Uh, Danny actually came on with me probably, what, Dan, about three, four months ago? I, th- I think it was right before the MLB season started, actually. Was because it? The, yeah. I think we it was the first episode on there that I ever did. I never even like had a podcast uh, episode at all, like with anything, not baseball um, specifically. But then we had that one episode. Then you like you were uh, in talks with the Phillies podcast, the Diamond Club one that we do as well. And you luckily you asked me to be a co-host on there. Then we went back to the Frozen Rope and started being co-host there. And now it's uh. The ball been rolling, so keep it going. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That, that's awesome. Here, you guys are, are rocking and rolling the, throughout the season, and of course, this off season as well. So, Mason, you, uh, you've got your own podcast as well, the Loaded Bases yep. Pod. Uh, how long have you been doing that? Uh, I launched my first episode on uh, July first of twenty twenty. So it was a uh, yeah, it was a COVID idea, and uh, and then when baseball ended in twenty twenty, um, I decided to bring baseball to me selfishly because i missed it <laughs> so i was like you know what fuck it like let's start a podcast and boom now i've uh just i just kept on going and then, and then now we're here 
That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, I was a, a, a February of 2020 is when I launched this podcast. So nice. nothing had even transpired Oof. yet with, with the whole COVID things. And so as I'm trying to set the, set the podcast up and then COVID hits, I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to do now? Because uh, I've got nothing to talk about. So it was a struggle to kind of create the content. But hey, we were able to have baseball, which is one thing that I'm excited. We had a World Series. So um but it's kind of I'm very similar on that. Like when it came to like everything when I wanted to start, like it was very similar to that. Like I, I, uh, I had a friend who asked me one time. Like he asked me, like he's like, listen, I want you to write some stuff about the Phillies. And he's like, I, he had his own thing going on, and he was like, I want you to write something for. I want you to write stuff for the Phillies. He's like, and I'm also doing a podcast. He's like, so that hasn't started yet. So I kind of was waiting for that to start before I even did my own. And then that took for a little, that took a little bit. He ended up doing something else. He ended up not even doing the podcast. And then I was like, all right, like, I'm just going to do this shit by myself. And, you know, I bought the same thing as Mason bought a bunch of shit during, uh, during uh, COVID, you know, I was getting Amazon stuff sent to my house, headphones, microphones, stuff like that. I'm like, let's just get this started. And here we are a year later. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I, I went through a couple mics because I didn't like them. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, yeah. So, uh, it's it's one of those things, especially when it comes to podcasting, you got to just trial and error, just whatever works and whatever doesn't. Uh, this is actually my, my third mic that I'm on now. So it's finally getting established and finally getting things going, which is, hey, it's a process. But you know what? At the end of the day, we're talking baseball, and that's kind of one of the things that we're going to be doing tonight. So what uh, what are y'all's favorite teams? Uh, do you have a specific team that you – I know you guys cover uh, a certain team, but, I mean, what what is what is your team that, you know, you can sit there and, and talk hours on? Of course, I mean, it's baseball, so we can talk hours on anything, really. But, uh, John, what, what team do you root for and, and whatnot? I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. Oh, okay. uh, My dad was a huge Red Sox guy back in the 80s and – you know, seventies and stuff like that. And then, you know, he, uh, unfortunately he passed away in 2001 and I kind of just carried that on. And he was a big Wade Boggs fan, Carl Yastrzemski, guys like that, like some of the le- absolute legends of that team, the, the, those teams in the eighties and seventies. And it just caught, caught on. And unfortunately he never saw Red Sox world series. I I've seen four of them and it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, but, but yeah, the Boston Red Sox have been, a part of my family. My dog's name's Fenway. That's, you know what nice. I mean? It's, 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 nice. they've just been a part of me for my whole life. And, you know, they're, that's where I've been. I've been, my loyalty has been with them for my whole life. Wow. That's awesome, man. How about you, Danny? I'm a Phillies fan. I'm uh, born and raised in Philly. So, uh, like, I mean, John was too, but he has the Red Sox ties, obviously. But, I mean, my whole family growing up was Philly four for four. No one ever swayed me any differently, so I never had a, a like a, a reason or an option to be a different fan other than a Phillies fan. So it's as simple Absolutely. as that. So, so let me ask you: How exciting was it back in two thousand eight when they won the World uh, Series? Two thousand eight was like obviously amazing. Just that that couple year stretch was unbelievable, especially growing up with like a dog shit franchise, pretty much. Right. My whole the first whatever I'm. I was 16 at the time, so my first 14 years, team sucked. But then we finally caught a groove and at the right time, I guess. And um, my family owned a bar at the time as well. So, like, we, a whole family, all our friends and everything came over to the bar every game, especially the playoffs. 
and just be able to see the World Series unfold like that with everyone around you was unbelievable. So, and then obviously we got on the uh, bikes, train, whatever you had to do to get down to Broad Street, and it was just it was good stuff. <laughs> Being on, I was oh, on top man. of a like a box truck the whole time, just driving around Center or South Philly, like Broad Street, and it was just it was unreal. It's <laughs> <That was> awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. man, that's awesome. So Mason, I see you got a, yourself a, a, a Cubs shirt on. So, oh yeah, the uh, the the Cubs, the the, the Cubbies. The, the, that's your team right there. Yeah, I. Uh, so my grandma grew up in uh, in uh, Chicago, so they would take the uh, train um, like to Wrigley Field, and they would go climb trees to go watch the games. So it, yeah, like so from the like from like the minute like I was born, uh, like my grandma gave me a Cubs baby blanket. So I had no choice to be a Cubs. I, I had no choice but to be a Cubs fan. Like, like I bought a. Um, I remember buying a White Sox hat one time, like just for shits and gigs, so, just to yeah, just to see what she would say. Any other uh, team? She said, "Get out! <laughs> like, burn that shit right now!" Like, <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I am I'm a diehard uh, Cubs fan. Um, but but I do live up in Washington State. Uh, so I do go to uh, probably about like 15 or so Mariners games a year. So, I mean, they're America's like my team. second team. Yeah, they are, they exactly. are Ameri- they're America's team. Yeah, exactly. So I can't. Yeah, yeah can't so I'm a fan it. of America's team. Yes, you but, are. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I really enjoy, I mean, like going, going like to the Mariners um, games and go watching them. But I mean, the Cubs for sure are the top, top team. Absolutely, I'm sure it was exciting back in 2016 when they finally got got over the hurdle oh, and, man. and won that World Series. That was uh, that was a nail biter. I mean, you know, going Dude. Game Seven and uh, the rain delay. That was uh, that, that was the scariest thing I've. I I think once uh, Roger Davis hit hit the home run and tied the game in the eighth. Um, yeah, I wasn't. I was like teary eyed the whole entire like the rest of the game. It was the most like stressful like anxiety writ like ridden thing i have ever experienced like that whole entire postseason was uh, the roller coaster did you see did you ever see did you ever see that tweet that was like the guy who said uh you know if it it it, it was like from like 10 years ago they got some guy tweeted and said the world will end the indians will be playing the cubs and it will be a tie game and i think it was game seven and it will be t- in, in seven in a seven game series, and the game will be tied, and the world will end. When Rajay Davis tied that game, <laughs> I I was terrified. I would terrified. be too. I'm in my I'm in my mid twenties, terrified. I've never been scared <laughs> in my life. I sat there, I was like, you know, like I remember, I remember when it became like the like, when the whole like Y two K thing. I remember that yeah. back in the day when they said the world was going to end as soon as it hit midnight. I swear to God, the world was going to end that night. Like, and that that, yeah. that was that's more that's the craziest prediction, other than my prediction at the beginning of this season that we'll talk about later. That <laughs> that was the craziest prediction of all time. Oh, wow. dude i I would have been I would have been okay with the world ending after that World Series. The, but, the, but the prediction was there was no going to be the, the world was just going to end. Yeah, oh, there, neither team was going to win. <laughs> then, well, it was miserable. I, I wouldn't know what to do then because I I mean, well, you'd be dead. Yeah, so true, really matter. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, the Cubs winning World Series that that felt like heaven. So yeah. you know what? It it we all might be dead. It's Who knows? Because that whole thing worked. 
Yeah, that was uh that was a pretty I, I I'll be honest, I tried to stay up to watch the rest of that game, but I, I couldn't do it. But I couldn't hang in there. But uh it was good to see them win. You know, I've got family that actually lives in that in the Chicago area, but they're all big White Sox fans. So mm-hmm. um, you know, they were they were excited back in two thousand five when the White Sox won the World Series. It was uh, the last time my grandpa actually got to see a baseball game before he he passed away a few months later. But um so yeah, he was. He got to see the White Sox finally win a World Series. Um, like for me, I grew up a big. Uh, actually, I grew up a Braves fan, so I never was an Astros fan at first because during that time the Braves were on TV. They were on national TV, like yeah. just like the Cubs were. Uh, those were the two teams that you could watch at yeah. the, the the Cubs being during the day because they didn't play at night, and the, the Braves. Yeah, the the Braves were playing prime time. And uh, we had a, a, a player that was on the team in the early 90s was from my hometown. So it was kind of one of those, you know, connections that you just, yeah. you, you rooted for the Braves. And that was the thing with them continually being in the postseason every season, being in the World Series, it, you just kind of gravitated towards them. And Who so, was the Ron Gant. Oh, really? Oh, Ron, Ron Gant, Gant played, he played for the Phillies at one point. Yeah. yeah. Former yeah. Phillies, great. Ron and, Gant was uh, good. He, he was, you know, and, and it sucked for him because that 94 season, he broke his leg, mm-hmm. which knocked him out. And then he was, he was let go the next, the next season. I think, uh, I think it was Cincinnati. I'll have to, yep. don't quote me, but I have to look, but, and then the race won the world series in 95. So that sucked for him. But I mean, I, I got to see him play. He would come back to, to town every, every now and then during the holidays and whatnot. You might run into him. You may not, but uh, I think he's in. I think he's in Georgia now. So, awesome. but yeah, he kind of bounced around, and then of course, the Braves and Astros kind of got into that uh, rivalry back in the a the NL Central NL West days in the late nineties. So, um, but you know, the Braves would be my National League team. The Astros would be my American League team. So, uh, but John, you brought up something about a prediction. Uh, let's talk about that real quick. But what what, what was your <laughs> prediction? Because I'm curious now. I, I. Me, I was the first on March 11th, 2021. Danny, you can attest to this. Talk your shit, the, John. I was the first. <laughs> Don't care what Trevor Plouffe has to say. Don't care what anybody on Talking Baseball has to say. I was the first to ever say Braves, Astros, Braves in six. I said it in March, March 11th. Yep. Trevor Plouffe didn't say it till March 30th. Just throw that out there. That's yeah. all that needs to be said. I was the first person to predict that. And you know what? He got it's all documented. the glory. He gets all the glory, all this stuff. And, it, and you know, I even tweeted at him. I sent him the, 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 the screen recording of me saying it. I said, look at the date. And he tried telling me, oh, some guy said it back in two years ago. No, he didn't say Braves, Astros, Braves in six. He just said Braves are going to win the World Series in 2021. <laughs> it was it was insane, Rip. And, and the, the fact that he didn't even give me a little bit of credit really hurt. Really, really, yeah. Um, uh, it struck a chord. And I'm a big Trevor Plouffe guy. I'm a, I'm a fan, but you know that that really uh, that really you know struck a chord with me. Man, Trevor Plouffe, yeah. I think you need to come on and kind of do a a rebuttal. You know, he doesn't want to. He doesn't yeah. want this smoke. Man, well, no. <laughs> no. hey, you, you've got all the glory now. So you're you're. Thank hey. you, John. This is for you. I appreciate you guys. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. So, but what did you, what did you guys think about that World Series? Um, you know, uh, the Braves coming back from 
last being the World Series in 1995, and Astros returning front since 2019. Did you like the matchup? Was it uh, the World Series that you kind of were hoping for, or was it maybe your Dodgers Astros? What what was your, what was you guys thought? Dude, that was my prediction. It was Dodgers Astros, just just because of like the history behind it. But it, I mean, just for I guess for the I guess like for the drama for it. That's what yes. I wanted. I mean, one where I Joe Kelly was, memes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. But um, but no, I mean, Braves Astros. I I thought it was a great series. Yeah, like, I mean, once the like, Red, once the yeah. Red Sox lost, obviously John was yeah. begging for that, so he could talk. I was shit begging for the. I was begging for yeah. I was begging for the the the, the Braves and six thing. It was it was a whole thing the whole time. I'm sitting there like, dude, just just let it happen. Just let this yeah. happen. It, it, and I thought it was going to be a huge break for me. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> no one cares. Ah oh, man, it's just... but, uh, I mean, as a Phillies fan, I did obviously didn't want to see the Braves win it, but I mean, they went out and had a hell of a trade deadline. They got hot at the right time, and I mean, they went on a roll. So you can't you can't take anything away from them. They did what they had to do, and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive that they go out and at that part of the season when they're below 500 and they go and make a bunch of key acquisitions to bring in players. I mean, you're thinking, okay, this, this team isn't going to compete in October. There's no way. And they go out and they bring in, you know, Jock Peterson and uh, Solaire and uh, a couple other guys as well. And so, and next thing you know, it's like September comes. That's the, that's the baseball that that's where you want to be. You want to be, getting hot at the right time. And that's exactly what they did. And, you know, I'm ex- as, as a, a Braves fan and from the national league, of course, I mean, an Astros fan, I, I, I was happy either way. Um, of course, I would like to have seen the Astros win it at home. Cause I think that would have been a storybook ending to a season. That yeah. was just, they were crapped on a lot, especially yeah. on the road. Yeah. I mean, obviously I mean, it, it, it was going to happen. They, they expected it. They knew it. They kind of embraced it. I think they kind of, kicked it up a notch when uh, a lot of the, you can hear a lot of the boos and, and jeers and whatnot. And, but I mean, Hey, hats off to the Braves. I'm glad they were able to, to get back and, and win it. I mean, uh, Brian Snicker being with the organization for over 40 years, definitely, uh, he definitely was earned. It was an earned world series for sure. Those guys fought. And so, um, yeah. but you know, congratulations to them again. So, so we kind of touched on, on on the teams and whatnot you guys root for, talk about. So what are the, some of the key things that you that your team needs to address this offseason? So, Mason, I'll kind of start with you real quick. The Cubs just picked up Marcus Stroman, which is a key, yep. key piece Huge. right there. Obviously, now there, there's talk about maybe bringing back Kyle Schwarber. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think – are they are they – in it for to, to win it and try to win it in 2022 or, or um it 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 kind of seems like that they i mean want to win but also i mean like with how with how the trade deadline like happened it's kind of hard to like to like trust the front office it was kind of like i mean because like because there was there there's players like in that core group like that they said like that they weren't gonna trade but like the first person was rizzo so like it it was kind of like, okay, so what's going to happen? So it was kind of like, we didn't know exactly like what was or like what the goal was. I mean, like, yeah, like we did get prospects back, but it's, it's, 
it's hard to tell like what they wanted to do. I mean, like, but I know like for a fact that I mean, like, we need a bullpen for one, like, which is huge. I mean, because we because we traded away our whole bullpen, like you're in right. that that whole deadline too. So it's I mean, like, yeah, like it is nice, like with Strowman, um, but it's it's tough. I mean, pitching wins championships, and right now we don't have pitching. But also, I mean, we have average hitting, so it's kind of like it's just hard to, to know like if we are going to compete or not. It's it, it's all up in there. But like with having, I make the talk of having a Kyle Schwarber back. I mean, I I like it as a fan only because he was part of like the 2016 like the core group. But um, but I do believe that it is time to move on like from that group, and it is time to look like in the future. Yeah, you know, I'm really confused as what the Cubs are trying to do exactly. Because they they had that fire sale right there at the trade deadline, and then now they bring back Marcus. They bring in Marcus Truman. Excuse me. That kind of bolsters that rotation a little bit. Yep. So I, I don't know. I, it's it's one of those it's, things. It's it's tough. It, it, it's hard to be a Cubs fan right now because you because you have no idea what to do. Like it, it's like it's like we have these hands and we don't know what to do with our hands. We're just like sitting here, like what what do we do? Rick, Ricky Bobby, Ricky Bobby. To be honest, I think much, what all, do I do with my hands? I think they're. I think they're. They can if they add another starter. They add another starting pitcher. Yeah, you know, right now they have the top three would be probably Stroman, Hendricks, and probably uh, Wade Miley. Right now, I think is who they. Oh I think they, yeah, I totally they forgot. Up, yeah, they picked up Wade Miley. That's a good. Yeah. That's a solid pickup. He's a lefty. He had a solid year last year. And we got him for like 10, they got, 10 million. They got him for like nothing, pretty much, yeah, for geez. what he pro- was able to produce last year. That's a huge acquisition for them. 100%. Um, then I mean, Clint Frazier. I think I think him getting a change of scenery will be huge, huge. for him. Yeah, it'll be young nice. young player, right handed hitter. He can play the outfield. He can play there with Ian Happ, and then. I don't know. I like Nick Mat- Matagrall as well. He's another yep. player that I like with them. And he also came yeah. from the – I think he was with the sales side for a couple and of years. And that's what we need, like, is a leadoff guy. guy. Exactly. And he, he's, he is your old-school leadoff guy. He's yep. not a – he's not going to hit you for any power, but he'll get on base. He's going to do something like that, which is what yep. they need. And that's a huge, huge thing for them. And and listen, yeah, they're, they probably – and don't don't think they're not going to add people. And I'm a – I've told you – I've said this to Mason before. I'm a huge Jed Hoyer guy. I know yep. he's he's the, he's – he he was groomed by uh, Theo Epstein. He's been groomed yep. since he was in Boston. They, 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 I, and I've been a fan of him since then. And this and I I, I trust in anything that that guy does. And you know the, the, the it, they're they're just a well oiled machine. And they're not someone who's like they broke down. They added a lot of pieces back. And I don't I don't expect them to you know just fall by the wayside. They're gonna they're gonna yeah. they're gonna they're gonna pick some guys up in this offseason. And yeah, I think they're gonna really be next year. And wisdom, really and, so. wisdom and Swindell, are, they play very well oh, too. So, hey, I mean, pause, pause a second. I'm gonna go change my shirt again. Here we go. <laughs> he's, he's going back. He's going back into the booth. He's got a, a wardrobe change here in the middle of the show, so we'll, we'll kind of let him uh, do his thing real quick. But you know, I mean, uh, like I said, you know, the Cubs are kind of one of those teams that I don't know what they're going to do, and it's, it's kind of yeah, confusing. Man. But sure. I mean, I would like to see the Cubs be competitive, especially for David Ross. I mean, he's kind of coming into that, that season of 2020 when you just didn't know what we was going to – We got the we got the Schwizdom shirt on. Schwizdom. I like it. Dude, we're we're cruising. You know, we're it's, cruising. 
This is actually a first on the show. Somebody's actually gone and done a wardrobe change in the middle <laughs> of the show. I don't, so. I don't, I don't think worn, it's going to be the last sh- shirt. He's has worn wear. three different yep. shirts already. <laughs> yep. We, what, what other buttons can we push to make him change his shirt again? That's uh, uh, who yeah, else do I you have, like? Who Who else do I like? Who else do you like from somewhere else? Like maybe like the Phillies or the Red Sox or I have, the Astros. Yeah, like do you have an MV three shirt? If you have an MV three shirt, not, just, just John's going to go put his on. I'll put mine on. Nope, nope. I'm a I big, have, I'm I a do big have one Boston MV3 shirt, though. Let's see if I can pick it out. I have a Dave Ortiz one. <laughs> oh, there you go. Big poppy. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. It's a good one. But So, uh, go ahead. What you got? Oh, nope, nope, nope. Go ahead, Rip. Okay. So, uh, you know, we kind of talk about the, the the Cubs, and we don't know what they're going to do. But it'd be interesting to see how you know, once everything kind of picks back up with this lockout, you know, what other key pieces they can bring in to solidify that rotation, that lineup. Because, uh, like we were talking about, you know, David Ross, he kind of came into a, a very yeah. bad situation as far as 2020 with COVID and and everything. But he's definitely, I mean, that Cubs team was were they in first? They were in first place at some point in the. Yeah. Kind of towards this year, the middle. yeah. Chris, yeah, Chris, we, and Chris, Bryant, Chris Bryant was on an MVP tier. Yeah, we, we, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, because we, oh, we were in first place in in the division when we no hit the Dodgers, and then that was beautiful. That, by the way, oh, it was it was um, it was gorgeous. And <laughs> then after that, um, we lost what was it eleven or twelve in a row, and uh, and then that's and then that was going into the All Star break. And that's what pretty much like, like initiated like the fire sale. It was kind of like the we we were in the in like the buying mindset because we were going to compete. I mean, because like, we were going to like a compete like for the NL Central. Um, but then all of a sudden we we lost all those games, and then it was like boom, like we we can't come back from that. So it's kind of it? like. Was it like the was it like the biggest like heartbreak ever that when the fact that the Cubs went on a huge losing streak, but then the Cardinals went on a huge winning streak? Was that uh, like how did that feel? Was it like because <laughs> obviously they're like they're huge rivals, so like yeah, seeing your was, rival absolutely thrive and then you guys <laughs> just trade your trade your whole team away, yeah, core, and then yeah, and go on um, a huge losing streak. To to be honest, um, I didn't watch pretty much like the second half of this year. It was kind of like oh look, like the Cubs won today, like. Two to, two to zero. It was like okay, cool. It was <laughs> it was so sad. It was um that was that was the that was the point of the year. Like where I'm like, you know what? I hope the Mariners make it. Like let's, I mean, like let's start doing that. Yeah, exactly. But but the whole like it was, I mean, like, the Cardinals they did super well. Like they played their way like into a playoff spot, and I firmly believe that they deserve that spot just because of the way that they played. And it 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 hurts to say that it really hurts to say that like as a Cubs fan, but you got to give credit like credit like where it's due. So yeah, it's man, but you know what? It's an it's a new year next year, so we'll see what happens and uh, we'll see if we there's just, a season. I mean, go Cubs, yeah, go! That is true. Go Cubs! Dude, <laughs> by the way, their song is my favorite song ever. Oh, dude, it, 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 it's so much fun to like. Go Cubs, play. go! I put it on at bars here, dude. In it's Philly. so. I, people don't. People look at you like, "What are you doing?" But like, if you've ever been to the Cubby Bear and that song comes on, you understand. 
Oh yeah, I don't, know, I don't know who's ever been. I don't know who's ever been in Wrigley Field, but but if yeah. you go to the Cubby, the Cubby Bear is across the street. It's the greatest bar ever. Yep. The minute the minute the Braves, the minute the Braves, the minute the Cubs win, you don't you almost like want to leave the game early so you can get to the <laughs> Cubby Bear for when that's for when they win, and then the Dude, whole bar just erupts. The whole yeah. bar just goes crazy. No matter what game it is, it could be the middle of the season, middle of July. And this team, Sunday game, you hear yeah. "Go Cubs, Go" coming on, and the whole crowd, the, everyone in the like, everyone's like, "Go Cubs, Go!" It's the best, dude. It's the best. It's that it atmosphere is awesome. A ringtone. It's like it, that I love it. ringtone. I love it. I'm gonna it's have so to. Much fun. I'm gonna check it out because I've I've never heard it. So, that's uh, you know, it's on my bucket list. You know, I, I've got a bucket list of you know all the teams and, and oh, yeah. stadiums to go see. So, uh, haven't made it to Wrigley yet, even though I've got family that lives in Chicago. But yeah. uh, you gotta but, do it, man. Got it. Absolutely. We'll, we'll check it out one day. So, uh, Daniel, let's, let's kind of jump to your Phillies real quick. So, uh, what do you think that they need to do to kind of get back? Because they're in that, you know, East division, and it kind of is one of those, uh, like we saw with, with the Braves this year, the Mets were kind of one of those teams that kind of were, were in first place. It could go either way. I don't know if you want to count the Marlins in it or not, but uh, I think it could be a four-team race, and uh, those Phillies are in, are, in, are a definite possibility. So uh, what do you think they need to do to kind of maybe get better next season? I mean, yeah, obviously with the Braves coming off a great season, uh, um, Freddie Freeman's probably going to come back. I don't see the Braves not being good. Like, they have their, their roster stacked. So uh, And what the, the Mets just did, like, they went and got a lot of – Quality players. They got Marte, Mark Connor, Eduardo Escobar, not to mention Scherzer. Like they're they're yeah. obviously in it. Like they they want to go win. Max Scherzer's it went healthy. If their rotation is healthy, Scherzer's your number two. That's pretty damn good. But um, I mean the Phillies haven't done much. They got Knebel obviously, which helps the bullpen. But they also lost Neris. I know a lot of Phillies fans don't like Neris because of his blown saves, but he was he was a very valuable reliever. So um. Knebel helps, but losing theirs, that kind of sucks. But uh, they have to go get – I feel like all three of our teams, Red Sox, Cubs, and Phillies, are all linked to Kyle Schwarber. So, I mean, yeah. one, hopefully one of us get him. He, the Phillies oh, do need a, an, another big bat, like either whether it's him or Castellanos. I feel like they have to go get one of them. I don't think they're going to go after Carlos Correa, which will be nice, but our top hitting prospect is a short, shortstop in Bryce Stott, who has just absolutely – crossed every level that he's been in in the last two years so um i think he'll be up which helps that he's bryce harper's roommate he's his like best okay. friend a little brother from las vegas like they're they're very close friends so i mean they have to go get a big bat to compete with the braves or the mets if like you can't waste another year of harper's prime you can't expect no. real, Mu- real muto to get better and i feel like the phillies fans expect him to do too much offensively as it is and he's a catcher. I mean, like they, like you'll hear people local radio say move him to left field, which like I, I get trying to prolong him, but they have to go make a move. Like you, this division is tough, and the Nationals they got good players too. So I'm not ready to. The Marlins always beat us, but I'm still not ready to like be scared of them as a division rival. But um, yeah, they got to go get. I was hoping we got Strowman. Obviously, that didn't work out, but Cubs did beat it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, got to go get a big bet. Start there. So let me ask you this: If say during this lockout, MLB and the Players Association uh, go ahead and settle on Universal DH, yes. If a lot of the talk has been Schwarber actually 
being a, a DH type of role, and if that happens to be in the National League, would the, the Phillies just jump on it just right then and there? Do you think? Yeah, I think so, but I, the problem also with the Phillies, we have nine DHs, it feels like. Like Hoskins okay. <laughs> isn't isn't very good defensively. Alec Boom, who was our top prospect, had a great rookie season two years ago. Struggled this year. He's hopefully going to come back and be a good hitter again. He's terrible defensively. And then Real Muto as well. Like he's going to have to play some DH games if he's going to. I mean, if we're going to have the universal DH. So and then same thing with Castellanos. Not great defensively. So whoever we bring in, it's going to be like there's going to be people switching positions all over the place. A lot of different DHs every night. But um, if they do go get one of them bats that lack defensive ability, a trade for Kevin Kiermeyer to solidify a, a solid okay. center, like a really good center fielder would also be smart. So <clears throat> hopefully they go that route. But uh, we'll see. I mean, before the lockout, everyone else was wheeling and dealing. The Phillies weren't doing much. I uh, think we'll see. We, me, and Danny, uh, me and Danny are actually pretty close with one of the uh, – Phillies beat writers. We talked to him a lot and uh, he kind of was under the impression that the Phillies kind of just said like, listen, we're going to just shut it down and we're not going to even do anything really until the lockout's over until we figure out this, what's up with the CBA. I think a right. big thing, like you mentioned was the designated hitter. It's not a, it's not, it wasn't a guarantee yet. It seems like it's pretty much a guarantee from what they're, what they're discussing. It seems like both teams are, you know, on that page where that's what they want to do. And, you know, both sides with the owners and the, uh, and the, and the players association, they both want that, that, that to happen, but it's more just like, we, we thought that was going to happen last year. We thought they were just going to say, listen, let's just have the 2021 season and continue it. But they didn't, they continue with some of the rules that were guy on second base and you know, that in the extra innings, they continue with that, but they didn't continue with the DH, which kind of screwed a lot of players. And it, 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 to be honest, and that helps a ton of positions when, as far as like the off and then the Phillies aren't going to be the only team that are going to be competing for a DH at that point. So right. that could open up a lot more space for, for a guy like Kyle Schwarber very quickly. And, you know, like right now the Phillies are in it as him as an outfielder. They're not in it for him as a, as a designated hitter. And like, and like me and like Danny has said, you know, they, they are a team filled with DHs. You've got to imagine Bryce Harper is not going to be a, a right fielder for much longer. He already is struggling a lot in the outfield. He makes those great throws the you know to home where he throws guys out he does a lot of he gets a lot of things like that but there is a lot of times where he just he looks bad in the outfield he just he looks confused out there sometimes and i just don't imagine he's going to stay around as a as a as a as a position player for a long time and though in his mind he probably wants to i just don't see that happening uh like he mentioned royce reese hoskins reese hoskins is the same way and he's been struggling with injuries the last two yeah. years so that's also a problem. You know, you want him, you want him to stay healthy. So that's probably more likely what they would do. Kyle Schwarber can play first base, but Kyle yeah. Schwarber also showed that he can't play first base too. At the same time, I right. mean, like we all saw that with that play in the in the postseason when he tried flipping it to first base, it went well over the guy's head. Then right. the next time, then, then the next the next inning, he got it the same play, made it, and the whole crowd went crazy. Like he just got the last day of the World Series. Like and. <laughs> And I and listen, I'm a I'm a college shooter guy as well. I mean, he's Kyle from Waltham. He he that he's yeah. you know what I mean? He that he made a name for himself in Boston. And that was and it was great to see that. And I would love to see Kyle Schwarber in Boston again because he seemed like he fits that team well. But they're another team. They have a lot of problems with the, the DHs. They have three guys who are most likely going to be a DH at one point. They have JD Martinez, who you don't want in the outfield, you have Raphael Devers, who you don't want at third base. And you know, it's it, there's it's J it's lock James. So 
all three teams probably are in the same position with Jay, with, with Kyle Schwarber. They want them, but they don't really know where to put them. That's interesting. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of a lot of things that could that could happen. I mean, but uh, it, it seems like you know there are probably maybe some other key fits that you know all three teams can make to uh, to get better. That you know Schwarber doesn't really in the, shouldn't be in the conversation. So, um, but what about the Red Sox? I mean, they just picked up, uh, but that trade they sent Hunter Rinfo to Milwaukee brought back Jackie Bradley Jr. So what's kind of the vibe around around uh, the, the team with 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 this trade that, that just went down? It's kind of confusing. And the main reason why <laughs> it's confusing is because before before the season, before the lockout, Hein Bloom mentioned that he wanted to add a right-handed bat, but then he took one away with Hunter Renfro. So you're, you want to add one, but you added a left-handed bat who really isn't much of a bat at all. I mean, J- Jackie Bradley had statistically one of his worst seasons ever this year. He was a great def- he's a great defensive outfielder. That's nothing I'll take. You can never take that away from him. But he is an absolute travesty at the plate, except for in the play- except for in the playoffs for some reason. He decides to turn it up, which is fine because Hunter Renfro looked like shit in the playoffs this year. And that was yeah. that was miserable. Yeah. Their biggest their biggest thing is that is they need pitching, and right now they just decided to add Michael Walker, Rich Hill. Uh, James Paxton, like they're 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 adding names, but they're at well, Paxton's not going to be ready till Ju- probably July. He just got right. Tommy John last year. Wait, so he's pause. How did I miss this? What did I just hear that James Paxton is a Red Sox? As a Boston Red yeah. Sox, yes. What? Yeah, Drake used the question marks. What the fuck? Yeah, so they I signed not... they signed him, which is pretty crazy. Mainly, I mean, he was with the Yankees, then he was with Seattle. Yeah. And then he got Tommy John, and now yeah. the Red Sox signed him, but they know that he's not going to be back until, like I said, probably J- July. Yeah. And I mean, for him to be really for, and they're Dude. they're already in a position where they need starting pitching. You know what I mean? Dude, so it's like a healthy James Paxton is a is lifestyle. Of course, it is. Of course Dude, it is. He is awesome when he's on. Yeah, when he's on, he's because, great. But I mean, and yeah. they lost losing e lost losing E Rob was big. Yo, I yeah, I mean, yeah, you're yeah. losing. That, that's a huge starting pitcher to lose, especially when. I mean, he he had a great year this year. He had a, a much better. I mean, he's coming back from COVID, which is already a big situation. He had heart problems during during the twenty twenty season where he had to get shut down. He couldn't play, and yeah. that was and that was a huge deal. And him coming back, being able to come back, play the way that he actually did because of that, you thought he was going to lose a lot, and he didn't. He ended up getting a huge deal from Detroit, which kudos to him. He deserved mm-hmm. it. He, he he's a great pitcher, but you know Boston Boston needed to. And there's another one. Boston needed to be in on Marcus Stroman, and they yeah. weren't. And it's and and I, and I but he's but I trust in High and Bloom. I trust the system. I trust what he did. I mean, they weren't supposed to be where they were this year. They were in the ALCS in a year's time. They brought back Alex Cora, and they were right back. And it's and I don't know. I don't know if it's just the, I don't know if it's his his philosophy or what he does there. But they they listen it, and they definitely and it's and it's clear. And but. I mean, I, I would love to add another offensive bat. Carlos Correa has been somebody who has been mentioned. Trevor Story has been another guy who's been mentioned uh, because they want—they honestly want to move Alexander Bogarts from shortstop. He's not a good shortstop. He's miserable actually over there. And then you also have the fact that Rafael Devers is absolutely brutal at third base. So that whole left side of the infield had, I believe, it was negative seventeen defensive runs saved last year. Wow, they it's were miserable. Good, they were miserable on the left side. 
So if you add a Carlos Correa or a Trevor Story to the left side, you're already in a plus territory. Carlos Correa by himself had, was plus 20 defensive run save last year in shortstop. And his range is ridiculous. So he can also yeah. cut – he can cut anything that goes on negatively with Rafael Devers in half right there probably. Because anything that gets by Devers, Correa is right behind him. Trevor Story can also do the same thing, but I trust Correa more than I trust Trevor Story. And I know, you know, the whole stigma between the the Rockies and, you know, the the splits home and away. Mm-hmm. He dropped, I mean, he drops, he drops 200 points in OPS away from, away from uh, Coors Field. That's, that's a huge drop to me. But I know that the the altitude, whatever is goes on there, there is problems when it comes to that. But, I mean, I'm not really, tr- I don't really trust Rockies players, especially the first year out of, you know, out of um, Colorado. So I'm going to put you on the spot here for a second. So who would you rather have? Would you rather have Carlos Correa or Trevor Story? Carlos Correa, every day of the week. And twice on and Sunday. Twice, and twice on I, Sunday. Twice. <laughs> I could agree with that. Yes. I think he's the best. I think he's the best shortstop in baseball. So, so Mason, let me ask you this, because Correa has yeah. been kind of been linked to possibly the Cubs as well. Well, it's deep dish pizza, man. Hey, that is some pretty good pizza, I will be honest. So, it's delicious. It, it is. So – what would you think about if Korea was to sign with the the Cubs? Uh, I mean, I I would love it for sure, but I mean, it's it would be a big deal for sure. But I like, I mean, for me being from, I don't know, I I I would rather have two guys who are just above average than one guy who's just like absolutely like a platinum glove guy, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of I mean, like it's, yeah, it's two for the price of one type deal. So I, I mean, I, I would be surprised. Um, so our ownership, I mean, they don't they don't want to spend a lot of money. So that's kind of how I mean, like I would, I would be super surprised, like if Korea does like end up going to uh, the Cubs. But, but honestly, if money wasn't an issue, I would love Korea up there though. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised. I actually had him going to the Tigers, but they picked up Javi Baez and yeah. got him for yeah. a steal, basically, yep. in my opinion. I mean, that was that that's yep. a pretty uh team friendly contract there with, with the Tigers. So uh I don't know. I don't the the Carlos Correa round table where he's gonna go is kind of up in the air. He, he could possibly return back to Houston. That that's my guess. That's my prediction is that he will he will go back to Houston. So I kind of have an idea about maybe how much it's going to be. It's it's going to be less than three hundred million. I I think I've got him at, at eight years, two hundred eighty million, which is which is uh, the AAV is at thirty five million, which is more than what Francisco Lindor is getting. Obviously, more what Bias is getting, more than what uh, who is uh, Fernando Tatis. So I mean. It, his deal, the Tatis deal, is very interesting because it actually doesn't take into effect for till 2024, I believe. Mm-hmm. So they they bought out his arbitration, so they they basically gave him uh, all of that. And whenever his arbitration is actually over, then that's when that that big contract kicks in. So uh, I, I see him making, uh, I see Cray making more than that. Obviously, he's making more than Baez too. But um, you think the, you don't think he gets more than Seager? Per year, uh, so, so, so Seager got $32.5 million. So I, I see him making about $35 million a year. Okay. That's, so, that's, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I 100% agree with you, Rip. 
Now I wonder, I want, this is what I wonder though. I wonder if they would, if the Tigers would consider if he, dro- if he drops down, because you could easily move Javi Baez to second base. Right. And then you, well, you have can move Javi to third. Short. You can do anything like that. You, I mean, Javi is just, he's a sweet, they call it, his name's El Mago for a reason. Yes, sir. He's the magician for a reason. He can right. do whatever he wants. And yep. I don't know. I, 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 they could still be in. I mean, the Yankees obviously are probably another team that's still in. If I had to guess, they, I don't they, see I, that they, 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 listen, they're the Yankees. I, I don't. I didn't think they were going to get Al Rodriguez in 2004, but they did because he was supposed to go to the Red Sox, and Money. it just happened. You know, it, it just it's stuff like that happens for them. They fall into people. Marcus Sherrod didn't see him going there either. It, it's you know Jason Giambi. I think everyone saw him going there actually, but like it's just. Yeah. There, there's a lot of guys like that. You know what I mean? Like where the Yankees just Johnny Damon. Did you see Johnny Damon going to the Yankees? Cause I didn't, I was <laughs> no. J- Jacoby Ellsbury. He's another one. Yeah, like sure. you, you never know that they're, they're always there when they say like, you know, the Phillies, the Cubs and the Red Sox are in on somebody. And then there's a mystery team. The mystery team is always either the angels or the Yankees <laughs> all the time. It's never not the Yankees or angels. So yeah, the angels need a lot. Uh, I'm glad nobody here is an Angels fan because uh, I'm uh, a Trout fan. Trout, well, yes. Absolutely. Well, I, I really, <laughs> we are all diehard Trout fans. Like we want him to win a World Series. Yeah, big Trout guy. I don't care you who we're playing for. <laughs> the Angels are, are just a team. I mean, they, they've had so many opportunities to get key pitching. You know, they had, they could have had Garrett Cole a couple years ago. Uh, you know. I hate to bring his name up, but Trevor Bauer, but he was in the mix before everything else sure. that had kind of transpired. Uh, yeah. Marcus Stroman, they, they could have picked him up as well this offseason. So it seems like they go out and, and spend money on position players, hoping that's going to fix the pitching problem. And it's not. I mean, they did I sign Syndergaard. Hopefully he, was, he works out. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. even getting Syndergaard was kind of, I mean, that's a question mark. The guy has pitched two innings in, yeah. in the last three years. Like right. that's you're you're not looking at some but that's not that's not someone who I'm looking at and going, wow, they made a big splash here. No, I'm thinking they just used that's another question mark that they just spent twenty plus million dollars on. Yeah, it's like kind of a yeah. kind of a slap in the face, honestly, to their fan base. It's like, yeah, we yeah, go, sure. we went and got the name. It's like, did you really though? Like, you have no idea what this dude's going to bring to the table this no. year. Take Verlander, Verlander, Scherzer, uh, you know, Stroman. Stroman. There are three yeah. guys who easily. I mean, we know that. I mean, obviously, we have you know. Verlander still could go there because he's still not signed, technically. Yeah, which is weird, yeah. In weird technical situation. terms, he's still not signed. So right. is he a free agent? What is he? And you would, and it's funny because they talk about physicals ah. with him. They talk about physicals with him. But he was so, in-house. He was in-house for the last three years. Right. They know what's wrong with him. They know his physical health. They know his strength is whatever's going on. That, so I, I'm confused by that. So I, I think – and somebody had posted this on, on Twitter, I believe – so right now, Verlander is traveling. He's been oh, yeah. overseas. Okay. So, of course, you know his brother Ben broke the news that he was returning to Houston. <laughs> so, so uh, that 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 took place. But I think he wasn't able to actually return to actually sign the deal. Okay. So they weren't able to finalize it. But I think he's got a loyalty to Jim Crane the owner of the Astros, they've got a pretty good relationship as far as outside of baseball. I see him uh, as a guy that he, he wants to, uh, he wants to redeem himself. And I, I think coming back to Houston is probably the best bet for him. I, 
he might ante up and do the second year. I don't think so. I think he'll be a one and done. And then he'll go and get his whatever, you know, two or three year deal. Maybe sure go back to money. Sure. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, if the Astros, you know, uh, if he takes that club option, I mean, he's getting $50 million. I mean, I'm part of that deal. So, I mean, that's to coming off of Tommy John. That's that's a pretty lucrative deal right there. But Absolutely uh, it is. Absolutely so, it is. Especially you know, at that age. Uh, I, yeah. I was shocked that Scherzer got that. I mean, and not, I wasn't shocked that Scherzer got it. I was shocked that, one, I was shocked that he went to the East Coast because there was all those rumors that he wanted to stay yeah. on the West. And I was more just shocked the fact that, you know, that, you know he, he like it was it just happened so fast where he was like, all right, well, now he's making 40-plus million dollars a year. Right. Like, what? Like, that just it just happened out of nowhere. And then you have Trevor Bauer. You know, you said you didn't want to mention his name. You have Trevor Bauer who's going on Twitter – gloating him and Rachel Luber are both his agent Rachel Luber on Twitter gloating but how they made that happen. Yeah. And he hasn't earned it. Come on, man. Like yeah, yeah, no. You signed you signed you signed five one year deals is what you signed. (laughs) That's literally what he signed. All one all options. One year deals, which is great for him. Oh yeah. I mean he's taking taking a gamble on himself every year, but the dude hasn't earned it yet. Whereas Scherzer has earned his, he's got a World Series, you know, to to bring to his name. He's got Cy Youngs to take to his name, so uh, I think he um, deserves and that you know that three year deal, hundred and what was it? Uh, I mean, he's getting like forty three million a year. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's insane. But That's I don't so know much I, money. That's where baseball's at now. I don't know if uh, somebody said that the. The Nationals are still paying part of his salary as well. They are. He's uh he's actually getting paid what I see fifty fifty nine million dollars a year for the next three years. He gets fifteen million a year until like twenty twenty eight because this year because this year started his uh, started the um the deferred money or this season coming up so starts starts deferred money. So he'll get fifteen million from the Nationals. And then, and for, for three years that he's with the uh, fifteen million a year for the next three years from the Nationals that he's with the uh, the Mets. So yeah, Matt, imagine him, so the National week. League East, the National League East alone is paying him fifty nine million dollars a year. That's yeah. wild. <laughs> Every week your paycheck's one point two million dollars. Like, all right, that's cool. Stupid dude. Every week, stupid money. Know. And what's even crazier is when the deal's over, Bobby Bonilla will still be getting paid. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> July first, Wander Franco's. He's surpassing, yeah. He's surpassing Wander, Wander Franco. Franco's. He's 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 surpassing Wander Franco's deal, Fernando Tatis deal, like all big, all the big deals. Uh, Every deal, ba- uh, Barry. I mean, not Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds definitely surpassed uh, his deal. Bryce Bryce Harper. He's he's surpassing all the ten year deals, and it's kind of crazy. That's wow. It's crazy. It just it's interesting how these deferred deals will. Uh, you can. I mean. Christian Yelich is going to be taking a deferred deal here once he retires after yep. that. So sure. um, he'll still be Bobby Bonilla. will still be will still be getting <laughs> getting paid. Yeah, so. <laughs> and well, uh, you know the, the, the Harper deals. The Harper that, that's what makes the Harper deal even more like you know uh, you're you're more you know happy about him being in Philadelphia. I know Danny is. I'm a huge yeah. fan of having him in in my city. He. Uh, Having having him say like I want it no deferred money I want to no I want no trade clauses I don't want to I don't want to I want to be here and he made sure that he is putting his mark in Philadelphia he wants to be here f- 
for the duration of his deal. And I and all these all this deferred money. I mean, he's making thirty million dollars a year, and he doesn't even it, he, don't, he don't care once that ends. Like once he's done, he's done. He he's not getting paid by the Phillies. That's it. Right. And that's that. I think that's a very honorable thing to do, especially yeah. in this day and age with baseball, where you know these guys just want their money. And Bryce has shown that he is not just about the money. Yeah, the money is great, but he's not just about that. And that's a huge plus to him as a person. And crazy. That is crazy. Wow, a lot of money. A lot of money that that these players are getting paid. Something that they're going to be working out, especially with down the CBA, because uh, they want. Uh, revenue sharing and all this other stuff too which is we can kind of dive that into a, another episode uh later on talk about because you know hey we don't know when the lockout's going to end so real yeah. quick let's kind of r- wrap this up real quick when do you guys think the lockout's going to end what, what is your predictions mm. dude that's tough february 17th oh, john yeah. said it john said it <laughs> February seventeenth. I mean, someone's right going to pr- yeah. Someone's going. Trevor Pluth, Pluth. I know you're listening. Don't steal his thunder. Beat it. <laughs> I wrote that down now. So uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, uh, we'll put out a tweet. You know that John makes the prediction <laughs> that it's going to be. I mean, do you think it will be before spring training starts or after? Before. Or maybe, or, or maybe, will it end before the season starts on April first? I say March first. Just so, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine there. This, this is the best part about this is that it's in the off season. Yeah. Right. It's a lockout. It's not a strike, which is even bigger. If it's once, once it hits, once this hits the regular season, that's when this gets bad. 94 and the 94 to 95 was a lot different because it was mid season. They were, they were playing without a deal and they were supposed to be doing it on all in good faith, which is a huge thing when it comes to labor and stuff, stuff like that. You when you want it, you tell them to go to work on good faith, which you know you, it's with twenty some twenty plus years of a of, of good faith and them being able to figure stuff out. You would hope that you know things would be trending in a better direction. It doesn't sound like it's a great. It's it's really that great right now, but I feel like they're 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 bound to know that they have to figure this out. They can't strike. They can't no. baseball. The, because the big reason why steroids aren't a thing anymore. No, exactly. And they say, and they save the game. Then you can't, you you don't have that savior right now. There is no savior. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Baseball is going to have to do something to bring back all the fans before they alienate them all. And yeah. we can we can kind of touch on everything else on on on, on the next episode because, um, I mean, there's just so much to cover and with, with this with this topic here. So. Uh, Danny, uh, who do you think? Oh, when, when do you think this lockout's going to be over? I'm going to go. I'm going to be more optimistic than these guys, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a, uh, some holiday cheer and get the new year started outright, January first. Thank you. That's my prediction. A good start well. to the season. Done, new year, new MLB. Bingo. That's right. Uh, I have a feeling it'll be January first is is when this lockout's going to begin. Twins close that so. gap. <laughs> so that's it we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna mark that down right now so uh yes uh what about you mason i am l- less optimistic um march 1st all right so write that down as well. yeah <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> so uh, 
Who knows? Before we don't know what's going to happen with this. Yeah, right. The four pitchers and catchers report, hopefully, man. Just just don't. No more. Your, predict, your prediction's the best for that. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, nice. you know, January 1st would be great because, you know, they get to actually train a little bit before. I mean, they're training right now, but, like, they're not being yeah. able to – they're not able to train in their facilities, which is a huge thing. And, you know, we you, you touched on – before we end this, but, I mean, you touched on guys like Alec Boom. Alec Boom is hoping for a for a, for a, a jump start of a new season. The Phillies just hired Bobby yeah. Dickerson to help him defensively. You know, that, and and now he can't even work with him. And this is supposed yeah. to be the time where he's working with him right now. And he can't. So that's that's they they need stuff like that to happen, and like nail. Yeah, I, I agree. They that that whole before the season started last season uh, that uh, was what they call it uh, summer camp or something summer training or two point or spring training two point that can't happen to these players. It, uh, we saw too many injuries, and yeah. these these guys need to have time to kind of amp up, get back into shape. As far as pitchers, for sure. I mean. Gosh, we saw so many elbows blown out last season, and it's terrible. It's terrible for the game, for the fans, especially that go out and pay to see these players play. They need to be able to uh, have some reassurance, you know, that they can go out and, and watch these these guys. So, uh, hopefully, they can get it done. Uh, you know, Danny, I, I, I like your your prediction as well. You know, what, what you know, <laughs> holiday cheer. Let, let's let's get some things going. You know, play some jingle yeah, bells or something. Get it going. So, but uh, guys, we're about out of time on this episode. New, year, new MLB. Let's get Absolutely. It. So, uh, but I appreciate you guys coming on, talking baseball. It's been great. A lot of great insight. It's been a, a gr- great job. It's uh, always fun talking baseball. So, yeah, hey, thank you, Rip. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, Rip. Appreciate it. So, uh, guys, real quick, uh, John, Danny, uh, give you uh, your your podcast. Where can everybody follow you at? Uh, you can follow me at Johnny F Baseball on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow me, follow our podcast at the, at the frozen rope pod at frozen rope pod. And Dan, what's the, I don't even, I always forget the diamond club one. I think it's uh, the diamond, it's, uh, diamond club it podcast. At, it's just, yeah. It's on the yeah, diamond club eight on, uh, right, yeah. I'll put that in the show yeah. notes. And then, the, yeah. And Mason, and then, uh, uh, Mason, where can everybody find you as well? Uh, at Loaded Bases Pod on Twitter. That's my uh. That's where I sit all day long in my office. <laughs> I just sit on Twitter and watch. I guess pretty much like my timeline. Just talk crap about Rob Manfred. It's fun. Yeah, we will set that up for another for another episode. We'll, we'll talk Deal. some some Rob some Rob Manfred because I uh, got some uh, uh some thoughts on him as well. So, but uh, guys, I appreciate it. great job. Uh, it's been it's been a blast. We'll definitely do this again soon. For sure. So, for sure. Um, that's gonna do it for this episode, guys. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter. It's gonna be at Rip Griffin Show. If you have any questions, call in. We want to do a mailbag. You can call in that number is 210-263-3253. You can always call and leave a voicemail. We'll get those questions on the air. So remember, the show is part of the Podcast City Network. Head on over to podcastcity.net. And there, you can find all the amazing podcasts. So that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Take care.